0: If you're a big fan of podcasts or want to show some support to the Different Stripes podcast, go sign up for Stitcher Premium today at stitcher.com slash premium for only $4.99 a month. Stitcher Premium gives you access to ad-free episodes, comedy albums, and exclusive shows from Stitcher. Now, if you just want to check it out and don't know if Stitcher is for you, we've got you. You can use our promo code WARRIORS at checkout and get a month free on us. So go check it out. Hey guys, welcome
1: back to the Different Stripes podcast, episode two. Um, happy to be back with uh, the godfather, Michael, and uh, we have, are going to actually continue our discussions that we kind of talked about a little bit in episode one, um, kind of just general experiences, um, whether it was in Korea or in America. Um, and maybe our exposures to it growing up, uh, it's kind of being a, a continual theme that we've been going on. Uh, but first just want to ask Michael, how you doing? How have you been since we last spoke?
0: I think I've been good. Um, honestly, it, t- it took a little bit of time to get the podcast out. We got a nice new logo for you guys to look at. We got, we got you guys to see Bennett's beautiful face, um, on that different stripes podcast logo. And, um, yeah, we're just really happy that you guys got to listen to it. I, you know, shared it with my family and they, all loved it. So, I mean, I'm doing good. That's good. Shout
1: out Esther. Am I saying her name right? Esther O, right? Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to her. She did a great job, um, kind of logistically getting in contact with me and getting that set up for us. She does an awesome job with all the work that she does, um, for the fighting stripes and otherwise. So shout out to her for that. Um, yeah, uh, I, I really enjoyed our last conversation, Michael. So I, I, I hope we'll get more of the same today. Um, we had a couple questions that we had kind of catered this conversation around, or Michael actually came up with these questions. So credit to him. And, um, you know, I think just right off the bat without any kind of sugarcoating, I think it would be good to just jump right into it. Uh, we had this first question to maybe kind of, um, stimulate some conversation here. And that was, uh, what was the first word you learned in Korean? And you had a follow-up to, uh, did your extended family or siblings, know what this word means still and so i wanted to prompt you michael about what was the first word that you learned in korean and if there's any kind of sentimental significance behind that
0: so um the first korean word that i remember learning um was for my grandma and it was because when i was you know a baby i was a toddler i was over at my grandma's house a lot Mm. And she cooked for us a lot. And so the first word I learned was mashisa. Bennett, mashisa. do you know what that means? That means I like, right? Or it's good. This is good, yeah. right? So she's like asking, like, is it good? It does it taste good, right? Right, right. And so um, yeah, it was just like we didn't talk about like, is the food good? Or does it <laughs> like is it delicious? We just yeah, yeah, yeah. she would just be like, Mashisa, and we'd be like, Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like really funny because um, yeah, that was like the first korean word that we always knew and it was like a family thing where like everybody was saying it so um yeah it's, it's kind of interesting but that's the one i remember like before like learning how to say hi or anything yeah. like that.
1: that's really about you, it? well i want to linger on this a little bit that is a, an adorable story um and then so would you guys just say okay back because i know i think i is the proper verbiage about if I, if I were to say i like a food dish it would be Mushisayo.
0: Would that be saying I like it? Yeah, you I understanding could just correctly. Say, like so we used to just say like, yeah, like it's good. We would like <laughs> respond English. back in English. We'd be like, right. Yeah, it's good, like it's it's good. But I think you could you can say like or you can say like nay like Mashiso. Yeah, 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 so, right. So like right. you can sort of respond how you like, but I remember like that was that was just like something that like so like my grandparents my grandma my harmony my Haruji, like they're fluent in english but that was the one thing they never spoke to us in english about that's so funny
1: i i actually really like that story and um that's cute that um you have that even kind of like ingrained in your memory vividly um and it's funny my first word that i learned and and again i have a much more limited exposure and understanding of the language compared to yourself um, but it's similar to you in the fact that the first word I knew was harmony. That was the first word that I had ever learned just because Ah. that's, that's my grandma. Right. Um, and because I didn't have an understanding of the language or exposure to it that much, I actually thought that was explicitly my grandmother's name. I thought her name was harmony. I didn't realize that was a title. So I thought that, and I, you know, I talked to my siblings about this. There's kind of this like question on here about maybe exposure to siblings and stuff. And my brother has told me funny stories about how he has met other Korean Americans or just Koreans. Or this is probably more applicable to Korean Americans. And he would talk about like, oh yeah, you know, I go visit my uh, Harmony in uh, San Francisco. And they go, that's weird. I have a Harmony too. And they're like, wait, your grandma's name is Harmony too? And they had like this weird epiphany <laughs> that they both thought they had this, their grandmas had the same name because they just didn't understand what it meant. Wow. And so like, wow, our grandmas have the same name. Wow, what are the chances so of that? That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So we never knew that that was just a title. Wow. Um, and it was much easier to say than Heard um, So Harmony was always the first one that I kind of uh, I knew because it was easier to say. Um, but, yeah, embarrassingly for me, um, I, I thought that was her name growing up. I didn't realize that was just a title for the longest time. Um, but that kind of speaks to maybe my exposure or lack thereof. But um, that's something in hindsight that I kind of smile about.
0: Wait, no, that's, that's really funny, though. Um, so this is actually definitely true, though. Um, we don't call my grandparents harmony and Harabuji. We actually have like, they have nicknames for, for themselves. Sure. So like I actually learned those terms when I was in Korean class. Interesting. So that was like, you know what I mean? Like I learned that 10 years ago that that's like the term for grandma and grandpa in, in Korean. But they have like, so my grandpa goes by Poppy, and it's just sort of what he likes us to call him. And then my grandma Finning. goes by Nimi. And it's just sort of like that. That's like these just the nicknames that they like. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah totally so it's really funny that like that was the misunderstanding that like led to your first Korean word. Um, that's by hilarious. a mistake. I love that by a mistake. Yeah, and then I, don't, I love that.
1: You know, maybe I could ask you too because um, I've I've seen like in dramas and stuff, harmony will be used as just like a generic term for an older woman. So is there kind of like a synonym where harmony could be used as? A paternal grandmother, but also used for just somebody of an elderly age that is a woman. Are those kind of could they be used in the same way?
0: I mean, like so, especially I would say like let's say um, you're at a restaurant and like the 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 like the maybe like the cook or like you know the owner is like really old and she's like going to come over and like take your order or whatever. You can just say like harmony like okay come over here like harmony yogio type of things. So, yeah, that sort of does. It, kind of works that way sometimes okay Um, okay you definitely have to be sure that she's you know that much older (laughs) right you Um, don't want to insult her (sighs) right um but yeah i've I've heard it i've heard it used for sure okay
1: okay no it's interesting to know because i've like i said i some of the other uh, media or entertainment i've seen where it's been used maybe more widely than i would have thought of it being as like the strict definition um No, that's funny. Um, I I think it's funny to reminisce about that kind of stuff. Um, And then maybe that's an easy transition into um, our second question that we had about um, specifically Korean classes, Korean language classes. And we had a question here about, you know, Michael, what do you remember maybe vividly or something that you think back upon um, when you first kind of leaned into the Korean language classes that you took? And I know this is like somewhat important to you, right? Because I know in our last episode, we were talking about how that had kind of steered about where you would like to go for um, your college education is places that would have these kind of programs and stuff. So what what, what were the first kind of impressions or first things you remember from those classes that you took?
0: I think that like one of the biggest impressions that like Korean class had on me was like, those were my best friends, uh, in my freshman year, to be honest, because, um, we had, yeah, we had class five days a week and it was also like early morning. So, um, yeah, I was in the 9am class. Oh man. I took the bus down from, um, so Michigan is a big campus and there's like a North campus and a central one. So you have to take the bus. So I, I, I had to get up on the bus, like on a 15 and whatnot to get to my class so you know it was just like a morning thing like we were all tired we were all getting in there and um we were all pretty close uh the second thing i remember is um, learning how to read for the second time
1: yeah yeah or a new alphabet
0: <laughs> and just remembering like i think like i was talking to my mom about it. i was like oh i learned how to read mom and she's like yeah and i was like but i don't know what i'm reading like i don't know what it means right and she's like well that's that's nice like at least you know how to read though right um and I think like, that's something that's like, just, I just find that so interesting about Korean is that like, it's really easy to read, but you can like, have no idea what you're reading.
1: Yeah. I, I think that was a first impression for me too, is that the language was very meticulously put together from what I could understand. And that, you know, there isn't as many just no nonsense rules like in English where a lot of the rules surrounding it seem to make like pragmatic or logical sense. Um, but that's nice to hear that. Like it was, um, your connection with friends, that was something that you kind of look back on fondly. Um, and yeah, I think that's why I didn't go beyond, we talked about this last episode where I was kind of a stupid young kid where it's like five day commitment. I don't want to keep doing that after the first year. Um, and maybe I had a more difficult time, uh, connecting with some of the people. It was actually, you know, what it was, at least in my case was that it was a lot of other Asian ethnic groups, um, a lot of Vietnamese or Thai or maybe there's a couple of Asian girls where they actually they just liked K-pop a lot or they liked um, Korean dramas and they wanted to have a better understanding of the language. So that's why they took the class. And so it was funny because mm-hmm. there was a lot of Asian people in the class, that, but they a lot of them were Korean. Um, but they just kind of had an interest in uh, kind of the entertainment yeah. side of, you know, we talk about kind of the boom in the last 20 years of the popularity of some of this stuff. And, you know, that was evident in kind of the kind of people that were signing up for these classes, which, you know, any reason is as good a reason as any to to want to learn that kind of stuff, right? So I, I don't think ill will or anything of them, but... Um, there still was a little bit of a, a barrier for me kind of being from, from Madison where I don't know if I connected maybe as easily with some of those people, but um, I still have a lot of fond memories. Um, and I, you know, even though I didn't take it as long as you did, um, I'm trying to think, you know, Michael, I actually remember sometimes every once in a while, our professor would show us movies. And I think that was kind of like the genesis of like one of Liking maybe some of the dramas that you would recommended in the last couple uh, months or year now, um, that was kind of the genesis where like I, I never really thought to even seek that kind of stuff out. Um, I think I already mentioned a couple of movie, a couple of those movies in previous, um, you know, one two, or other podcasts that we've been on together. But I'm thinking of like Sunny was a movie that I vividly remember that was very endearing. Um, there's this heist movie from 2012 called The Thieves, I think in Korean, it's Duduk Duel or something like that. Yeah, it had. A, I think it had a pretty big cast, but at yeah, the time, Duduk I didn't... I didn't yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think the cast is pretty well known. I didn't know anybody at the time when I watched it. Um, another one that probably hasn't aged the best, one was called 200 Pound Beauty, and it was about a woman who... Um, oh, yeah, I've... I've like a yeah, really I've talented singer, that. but she's overweight, and she, like, overcomes this. Maybe hasn't aged the best now, but... Um, it was still, um, I thought it was still pretty well made. Um, and those are the kind of the movies that I, I, think, I think back on in those classes. It's like, oh, it was really cool that I got to kind of expose, get exposed to some of those movies and stuff. Um, and then maybe as a follow, Michael, to what you were talking about, I mean, was there any entertainment side stuff that you were exposed to in those classes? Any professors or teachers that kind of had a lasting memory on you in some of those classes that you're taking? Were these teachers pretty much the same? throughout your undergrad that you were taking these classes or as you got to a higher level in these classes did your professors and teachers change
0: with that level so it's up uh, it's it's kind of crazy um so there were only maybe two or three korean language teachers there was obviously like, like a lot of like in the asian studies department like there were more like you know literature history professors but like, Korean language-wise, we had the same ones, so, um, yeah, like, I still remember, uh, Park, Hyung, Park Hyung-mi 선생님. she was really nice, and also, like, I think we really related to each other because her kids were half, mm. so she would bring them to, um, she would bring them to Chuseok celebrations, like, at the, at the, um, like, Asian Studies uh, Center and all of that, and so, like, yeah, she would just like always like ask me questions. She's like, "Oh, like, did your mom speak to Korean with you when you were, when you guys were kids? Did you guys eat Korean food a lot? Like, like, what did you think of it?" Like, she would ask like a lot of those questions. Um, so that was like that's definitely a professor that like really sticks with me. She was really nice and really helpful. She was like, like we kind of called her our mom on campus because she was like, well, she was a mom. Like she she really was a mom. She was literally a mom. But, like, yeah but she was like the mom of our class because she was like so nice to us and like making sure that we were, you know, doing well. Um, so it was just like a really close knit. I think it was like, we had like 10 people in our class. Wow. Yeah. So, um, it's really interesting. Like, honestly, like the way Michigan does their language program, it's good. Um, they separate it out. So if you have any exposure to Korean language at home, um, like you don't take that, you take a different track than the people that don't have any exposure at all. So like they do a placement test. And so if you have a little bit of knowledge beforehand, you go into the like more um, yeah, like Korean language track and then you go into, and then I went into the beginner's track. Yeah, yeah, So everyone was coming in sort of blank, not knowing anything, having to learn the alphabet, having to learn how to read. And so there were like some Korean adoptees in my class some Korean Americans that just hadn't spoke at home. And then like, you know, there were, um, two, two people from China. Um, there was like a, she was Brazilian. She was super nice. Marcella. Um, yeah. Brazilian. There was like, yeah, yeah, no, she just like really wanted to take the class. Um, there was like one, one white guy named Mike Prentice. He was like super into Korean studies. Now he's a professor in Korea. No way. Uh, So yeah, we were just all really close, but yeah, it was, it was small. It was definitely really small. Um, in terms of entertainment we didn't watch dramas um we listened to music nice so that was how i got into k-pop was like um our teacher like playing like um sonyoshi like girls generation for us and, right like, wonder girls for us and stuff like that back in that time so definitely like one of my closest friends that like you know is still into k-pop to this day like that's how we got into it together so yeah it was pretty cool
1: that's very nice. Yeah, that's very nice. And my K-pop knowledge is pretty limited, but I think even a novice like me, like I know Girls' Generation, like they're kind of a landmark group. I I, I know of them and um, some of their songs. I mean, they're, they're huge. Um, and I, I know there's different generations of those groups. Would you consider them as like one of the OG groups or maybe... I have a tough time determining like maybe the timeline of some of these groups. We just say girls generation is one of the OG groups, or do you think they kind of came along a little bit later? Um, I just, I, I associate that with being older. So I think of them as being like one of the originators, but I don't know if that's actually true.
0: Okay. Wow. Um, one, I'm definitely not a K-pop historian. So <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm just going to preface that. Sure. Before I say anything. Um, I would say probably like, the OGs of like K-pop gaining popularity, it's probably like late '90s, early 2000s groups. So that's probably that's like way Generation back. One, yeah, yeah. But I would say like um, Girls Generation, Wonder Girls, like Big Bang, Super Junior. That's probably like Generation One point five, and that's when it started like going global. Sure, so that makes sense. They're kind to of me. the, the OG like people of like taking K-pop to a global audience but like in terms of like, I guess K-pop becoming really popular, like in Korea and like, you know what I mean? Like Koreans like saying that, like they have their own pop music. Yes. Probably late nineties, two thousands. That makes Um, sense. And yeah. um, And from groups like, um, like Soteji and the boys or like HOT. Um,
1: yeah, these are the first time I've heard
0: these. Okay. Bennett, Bennett. Um, there's a drama that you, you've watched Reply Reply 1988, right? I have. I loved it. Okay, so Reply 1997, yep, is about like these like two of the main characters are really big fans of these OG K-pop groups. I One see. One of them is called H.O.T. I see. And so that like that OG K-pop era is like one of the big plot points of that reply 1997
1: so man yeah okay. when you get
0: there you, you'll really you'll really learn a lot because they yep. play a lot of that og like k-pop stuff
1: okay okay yeah i know that that totally makes sense yeah because in the 1988 Reply, you know k-pop isn't really around yet there isn't really anything present in the show yet um so that timeline matches up and i think give yourself some credit there michael i think um you laid it out pretty, pretty clear for me because, yeah, I think my exposure of what I think is OG is just OG in the sense of what was becoming more popular globally, not necessarily what was popular um, in Korea in the genesis of that kind of fandom. So that makes sense. Um, I, I, to go back a little bit, I am kind of jealous that you got to have that small of an intimate group because there wasn't a standardized test for um, the class that I took. And I think that was part of the reason why maybe um I felt a little intimidated because you would have people that were like speakers at home, but they'd be in this Korean 101 class and they would be speaking like fluently in the speaker class, and it's just very intimidating. Um and I do remember um a particular TA that I had for a discussion group, and she was very young, not more than, you know, maybe 25 at the time. And I'm blanking on her name now, but she was also very endearing. And I remember her, she's kind of ingrained in my memory um, because she would not sugarcoat things at all. And I noticed this with some of my relatives, too, where there's no sense of holding things back, I think, is maybe a good way to describe it, where maybe if I was coming in on an early discussion and if I had any kind of sense of like gloom in my face she would say, Bennett, what's wrong with you? In front of the entire class, like, what's going on? What's wrong with you? Why are you you frowning? What's going on? And um, (laughs) I I totally knew that it came from like a really um, endearing and thoughtful place. Um, But it was just kind of funny how unfiltered it was at the time. And I remember that about that teacher. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of a a regret of mine is that I didn't uh, pursue those classes further. Um, And... I'm not sure I have, but I don't know. I don't know if I have a follow-up question. But is there anything else on the on the classes that you were kind of lingering on, Michael? That you wanted uh, you wanted to talk about, but um, I think you probably have a better I understanding. Have a for you, yeah, yeah.
0: Um. So, like, did you feel like there was like a cultural gap, like for you with your classmates, like with those you know Southeast Asian students that were like really into the k- Korean wave or like the Korean students that already came in with like that intimidating level of Korean knowledge. Like, did you feel a cultural gap between you guys? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, they were very nice. There was never any kind of animosity or something, but um, you know, they weren't, um, you know, they, they didn't grow up in America. So I, there was kind of like limitations about what I can kind of connect with. And you were mentioning some people who were like Korean adoptees that were taking the class that was probably something that I related to more. And there were a couple people in my class that were Korean adoptees, but they you know, grew up in America. Um, that was probably something that I related to more than some of those um, Southeast Asians who just had an interest in the Korean wave. Um, but yeah, I think there was a little bit of a cultural gap and, you know, it's, you know, part of that responsibility is on me too. I don't think I was the most extroverted at the time to really expose myself to the full degree that I could. Um, so I mean, you know, there's accountability on all sides, but yeah, I think there would be um, a little bit of a cultural difference, um, and maybe that was part of the reason why I didn't continue to go down that path of a second and third year in the language class. Um, outside of the fact that I just didn't think I was very good at it, um, but yeah, to answer your question, I think I think it was, but I don't I don't look back at it negatively necessarily. Um, if there is kind of negative thoughts, it's it's of my own doing. It's not any animosity to anybody else for sure.
0: Um, Yeah, and I think that, like, one of the things that was, like, just really good about our class was, like, we really bonded together and, like, we were so close. So I think, you know, sometimes it just doesn't really develop that way in the class. I don't want to, like, make you feel bad about, like, me having a close class. Of course not. I didn't take it that way. The time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. And so did you, did any of those guys go to um, a foreign language or uh, a foreign exchange program in Korea like you did?
0: I don't think they did at the same time as me. I Maybe some of them did mm. um, do the study abroad that I did, but I do know that like, so she's one of my closest friends. What's up, Sam? Um, Shout out. She, when I moved there to work and um, teach English, she was already there. So we had like sort of, you know, been close all through college. And um, yeah, she was going back to work there. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll, I'll meet up with you and I'll, you know, we'll, we'll work around the same area and what whatnot. So we were able to, you know, definitely hang out a couple times a year for sure. And it was just, yeah, it was just something where like we, we had always been close through Korean class. So we knew we would, you know, be out there when we were working. So that was really cool.
1: That's nice to have somebody your age when you're out there that you have previous experience with that, that would be amazing. Um, yeah, I was just curious. Cause I know we talked about that last episode about, um, your experiences abroad and, um, Again, Michael, you're doing a great job of segueing in this episode. I think um, that's a good way to transition into our next question about, you know, how did you decide to go to Korea? Um, and maybe for you personally, that could be a two-part question, whether it was for your foreign exchange program and then also for work. Um, and the kind of second part of that, that two-part question would be... Um, you know, did you want to go there before you went there for the foreign exchange program? And then you always had your eyes set on Was it something that kind of came out of the blue? Um, and were there opportunities for you to go when you were younger, maybe in grade school, to go to Korea? Um, how did you end up in Korea? How did that kind of come into uh, fruition for you?
0: Um, so, like, for me to go to Korea, I think, like, It was definitely something that was like talked about in our family like our mom was always like you know i don't want to take you guys to korea too early like i want you to be able to understand what's going on i want you to be able to like you know be old enough to like really see the country and like see our family so um when my brother graduated high school or graduated college i can't remember which one he went with her on a trip to korea and he was able to enjoy that. Um, my sister went a couple years back. And, oh, so your mom um, would take your to... siblings individually? Yeah, so um, I didn't get to go on that like trip with her like individually, but I just sort of knew like, okay, like I had wanted to go like since I was a kid and we'd like, each of my siblings, like we'd both ask, we'd all asked her. And she was just sort of like, I wanna make sure you're older. Um, especially since like we didn't speak Korean. Like I think she didn't want us to go like, you know, when we were in elementary school, like just knowing nothing. And like not knowing how to speak to te- speak Korean at all, or like all of that, like she felt like maybe we would feel like two fish out of water. Sure, but um, so yeah, like I went when I was in college. I was like, okay, like yeah, if I'm gonna do study abroad, like I'll go to Korea. But like when my when I was working in Korea, my mom and my dad came over and visited me for like a, you know a couple of days or like maybe a week or so. They were out in Korea, like you know sightseeing with me and all of that. So it was just like really important for my mom i think she wanted to show it to us when we could talk about it and sort of like really um yeah just sort of like experience it together so we like met some of her family like her cousins her grandparents stuff like that um yeah that was i think that was really meaningful for her and so i think yeah she definitely yeah she cherishes like each experience that she had with each of her like children about yeah
1: Yeah, and so then I'm assuming that was um, a motivating factor for you to want to go there uh, maybe beyond or after you're done with college. I mean, I know you had talked about how your grandparents would come to the States, right? You had an extended family that would come to the States to visit, right? And so that was part of the genesis of why you wanted to even learn the language in the first place, right?
0: Yeah, so... um... I don't, I don't remember if I told you this story or not last time, but so basically um, my great grandma, like she came over quite a bit um, before she passed. And so um, she came over maybe like two or three times to the States and all the times that she came over, like I just wasn't able to speak Korean. So like one of my goals was like, I was like, okay, like I'm going to go over to Korea. I'm going to go to her house and we're going to talk in Korean. Um, So yeah, I was definitely able to do that. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. Um That is really cool. So I was like telling her, like, I'm like telling her like who I am. And I was like, you know, like this, like, you know, this is my mom's name. And she's like, oh yeah, that's my granddaughter bought like all those things. And so, yeah, you know, it was just, I think it was really meaningful where I was like, okay, like you've learned how to speak Korean so that you could do this and you've done it. And so I think like, I was really happy about doing that. Um Yeah. I mean, I, I know she was like, you know, in her, late late 90s i don't know like you know if she remember like if she remembered me like after it happened or whatever but yeah, yeah yeah i know that like it was meaningful to me so i'm sure it was meaningful to her but yeah that I'm sure was like, she remembers I michael really yeah to.
1: i'm i'm sure she remembers and that is it sounds like it was very premeditated which is a really cool thing that there was kind of this proactive plan especially on the part of your mom it sounds like where you know maybe I wouldn't say a wasted trip, but maybe if you were to go there, um, as a prepubescent and you didn't really know what was going on, you know, like you were saying at length just now about maybe you wouldn't have maybe fully appreciated about kind of what is going on around you. And so, you know, the follow-up question on this question that we want to talk about is, you know, you did this foreign exchange program. You went to Yonsei, um, sounded like you had a really nice experience, even if maybe your roommate wasn't the best. Um, and so what was the motivating factor for you to want to work there after you had come back, you had graduated from Ann Arbor, what was the motivation for you to want to go teach English out in Korea?
0: I think like I had heard it was like something like, just like it was mentioned in our Korean classes, like, oh, there's like the English program in Korea where you can teach English. And I was like that could be really interesting. I didn't know what I really wanted to do as a career, but I think like the weird, like the motivating factor was I was like, I want to live there. Like I want to make my way there. And so like, I think it was like, I wanted to like know like, okay, if you were to go to Korea, you can like live your life. So like, I was like, okay, I can grocery shop. Like I know what everything at the grocery store is, or I can pay my electric and, you know, gas bill in Korean. Or I can like, you know, yeah, it's intimidating for me to think about things like adulting things like in Korean. Or like it's like I can buy buy movie tickets or I can, you know, buy buy soccer game tickets online and all that stuff. Like I just wanted to like be like, okay, you can live and function in Korea and be able to, yeah, do well at that. Um like sometimes like I think about some other goals that I have with Korea where I'm like, okay, like I want a job where I'm like using Korean all the time. Yeah. Um, but like the first one was like, I was like, I want to know like I could cut my teeth there that I can like survive there and like know what to do there. And so, yeah, I don't know. I just, I did it for a couple of years. It wasn't like the best career for me, like where I was like, oh, this is the perfect fit. I'm going to stay here forever. But it was sort of like, I was like, yeah, you can live here. You can thrive here. You can do the things that you need to do here. Yeah. And, um, I think it was just like, at least for me, like I felt like definitely like liberated by that. I was like, oh yeah, like it doesn't matter where you live or whatever, you can do these things if you move around the world. That's
1: really admirable and something that just you talking about paying an electricity bill in Korean, is giving me anxiety just thinking about it. Um, So I think that's really admirable on your part that It sounded like it was kind of like almost like a test to like, you know, I I want to test myself to see if I can, like you said, cut your teeth out there. Um, And and as a follow-up question. Do you think that if you didn't do the Yonsei experience, do you think you would have been able to have the self-confidence to take that English speaking job out of school? Or do you think that was only possible because you had this previous experience of living in Korea? Do you think you would have been able to go teach English right out of school without going to Yonsei first?
0: probably not yeah honestly like the way you asked me that question i was like yeah you know you're probably right like i think honestly like i had gotten out there and i was a university student and you know like when i was at university like i had um you know i was on campus but like they had you know Yonsei just like did a really good job of taking care of the foreign exchange students. So they had like, you know, like little mentorship programs. Sure, and, like, there's little, a support system. You know, like little groups where they like, you know, taught you the things you need to know. So like I got to know the subway system and all those different things. So like I think like it was just a good crash course where people were like helping you out with that. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like it was a really good experience. I was like, yeah, this is like a, you know, this is a easy place for me to live. And like, I feel like I can do it. And I was like, okay, I'm ready to like give it a shot by myself. And, you know, so yeah, like when I got out there, I had to find an apartment. I did that by myself. Those types of things, like I was just like, you need to learn how to do these for yourself in Korea and see how it goes. And it worked out well for me. And I think like it was a good test. I did. Yeah, I think it was like, yeah, I like the word where you like you were trying to test yourself. I think that's kind of the motivation I I had about it. I want to test myself
1: yeah no that makes complete sense and it takes a certain kind of leap of faith too at a certain level because you don't know for certain a lot of the mitigating circumstances or variables that might happen once you actually go over there um and you know truthfully speaking not just traveling abroad and living in korea specific but you know that's uh something that i have maybe some guilt about personal things in my life where there is if there's any kind of of uncertainty, it kind of prevents you from taking that leap of just going for it. And I think oftentimes, at least personally speaking, actually doing whatever I'm thinking or I'm certain about, it always ends up being less egregious or less intimidating once you actually kind of just take that leap of faith. Um, so that's something that I, I think I'm still trying to teach myself and learn, but it's uh, it's a really cool to hear, Michael, that you did take that leap of faith um, and you did kind of like expose yourself to... Um, a difficult situation, but it sounded like you were very adaptable to be able to do that. Um, and so, you know, I, I think we can maybe go into the, the final question that we had, which was, you know, favorite, most memorable place slash experience in Korea. And, um, you know, there's a couple of things that I had in mind that I was thinking about. Um, but you obviously have much more experience and time in Korea. So whether it was at Yonsei, whether it was your time teaching English Was there any kind of memorable place or experience that has stuck with you?
0: I want to let you go first. And I also, I just want to like, what was the like genesis behind your trip to Korea? Like what, who did you go with? Mm. Like, when did you go? Tell me a little bit more about this.
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah. So, um, it kind of comes full circle because, you know, the first, Korean word that I learned was harmony. And my grandma throughout my childhood had taken pretty regular trips to Korea to visit because her family still lives in Korea. She's the only one that immigrated over. Um, and so she would visit on a pretty regular basis, maybe biannually. And, you know, maybe it was the same rationale. As to what your mom did, it was like, there wasn't really a point to bring along anybody else on those trips when I was growing up. But This was about uh, four years ago. I was just getting out of college. And, um, you know, at this point, I had never been outside the country, let alone Korea. I had never been outside the United States. And uh, grandma calls me and she's like, I'm going to be taking this trip to Korea, visit some family again. If you want to come, I'll pay for your plane ticket. And that was... I don't know if I ever had like a burning desire. I think after taking that Korean language class, I definitely had more of an interest to want to go over there. But, you know, you were talking about, you know, cutting your teeth over there. That was something that was very intimidating to me. Cause I don't, I don't speak the language. I was like, how am I going to navigate over there? But she offered to pay for the plane ticket. Um, she was going to stay there for a month and I was going to meet her two weeks after she got there. And then I was going to stay for a fortnight. Um, and I, I, just took the leap of faith. I went by myself, um, went over to Seoul. I met my, you know, 75 year old grandmother at uh, the airport and took this bus. And I don't think, I, I, I think it's just because she's a little bit older. She didn't necessarily know how to navigate as maybe as, as well as I was expecting her to maybe like in the subway and, <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, or like how to get to her brother's apartment, which is where I stayed. Um, And I remember vividly the night I got there, we were kind of walking around the neighborhood of her brother's apartment complexes because they all look pretty similar, at least in the neighborhood that I was in. And I remember having my like my luggage with me and we were kind of walking around in the dark for, I want to say, at least two hours trying to find her apartment complex. This is the first night that I've got there (laughs) and she's just asking random people on the street, like, do you know where this apartment complex is? And obviously I can't communicate with people. (laughs) <laughs> and I got all my luggage with me. It's like, oh, God, it's off to the worst possible start. Um, but we found it. It was great. And, you know, actually, it was nice because at the time, her brother was um, at Jeju Island on vacation. So the apartment was empty. So it was just me and grandma. And, uh, you know, she had some other siblings Aww. in town that we got to go visit. Um, and they're kind of scattered around Seoul and various areas um and it was really really cool and um i know i asked you this question initially but maybe i could just go ahead and say maybe what was my most memorable experiences on that trip and this is the only trip i've gone to in korea so like you have years and years of experience in korea i went there for like a couple weeks that's all i've got and so um and this trip i did all the sightseeing like i got to go to sorry for the pronunciation but uh Palace Moon Plaza with the King Sejong statue and the Admiral Sun Sin statue. And there was also a palace. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it, that was it. really, right. I got to go to the National Assembly Building. That was really cool. Um, went to the Lotte World Tower, that really tall building. That was really cool. Um, my grandma insisted on me going to the Myongsung Church, which I think is the largest Presbyterian Church in the world. So got to do the sightseeing and stuff, which was amazing. But my personal favorite experience was uh, meeting those family members that I had never met before, this whole side of my family that I didn't know existed. And, uh, you know, they couldn't be more welcoming. They couldn't be nicer to me, the stranger that kind of just like waddled in their apartment. Um, couldn't be nicer, very accommodating. And my personal favorite experience, and I, Michael, I think I had talked to you about this in the past briefly, but... It was my mom's cousin. I'm not sure what that relation is to me. Maybe cousin once removed or something. But he lived in the countryside between Suwon and Songnam. And uh, he has uh, an Asian pear farm that he runs. He's got this huge, vast land of farm. And it actually is in a similar property that my grandma grew up in. It was like this kind of farmland area. And uh, I got to go down there and like see uh, my mom's elementary school that she went to when she was living in Korea. And, um, it was just really, really weird and surreal to see like this elementary school. And when I went with my grandma and my great aunt, one of the teachers walked out of the school when we were visiting and they started chatting them up about memories and stuff. The teacher was pretty young. I don't think they were around when my my mom was there. But it was also the same elementary school that my grandma went to, too. So the same elementary school my grandma and mom went to. And it's just kind of like in the middle of kind of a mountainous countryside. And, you know, I live in Wisconsin. I don't have a lot of exposure to mountains either. So this is like the first time I've seen mountains, too, let alone, you know, a Korean countryside. And so to see like this farmland, to see where my mom went to elementary school. And, you know, there was even pictures of her on the farm as a kid. And I got to go. I'm like asked... My cousin once removed, like, hey, I have this picture of my mom. Do you know where it is in the farm? He's like, yeah, it's right over there. And I got to see where this picture was from that I'd seen for years. And oh, it was just really, really, really cool to meet family out there. Um, and, you know, they didn't know me, right? They don't know me. They're just, I'm just some random kid. But the hospitality was they couldn't be nicer. And to see kind of this surreal experiences that I I know my mom has limited experience from, but she would mention – And to actually kind of see it in the flesh or like even morbidly speaking, my grandma showed me her parents' graves, Um, my great-grandparents' graves um, on this property too. And to see all that, it was like very eye-opening for me um, and definitely provided a lot of perspective for me too when I got back. I was like, wow, um, I can't believe kind of the globetrotting that uh, that side of my family has done. And um, that will forever kind of be a lingering memory. Or a really good memory for me is not really the sightseeing, but, uh, you know, the more kind of humble, more more relatable things with my family. But uh, I've rambled a lot, Michael, but I wanted to get back to you about what was your favorite personal experiences. But that was kind of like where I'm coming from.
0: Honestly, that was incredible. Um, I'm really honored and just really happy that you shared that story with us um that's the first time i heard that story um that's super awesome yeah Um, thanks yeah no i think i have the same experience with family i think like you know yeah they don't really know who i am that much i have to tell them like who my mom is and Mm. you know who i'm related to or whatever but i think yeah I, i i have the same experience where they just you know they're so welcoming they really just you know take care of you um I mean, I think like some similar experiences, like similar to what you're sort of getting at, is um, just like some family experiences. I remember when I first moved out to Korea to work, um, my mom's first cousin, so she's my aunt. Um, she took me to like, do you know the do you know the supermarket brands there?
1: Um, vaguely, vaguely. Name name a couple. Maybe I'll I'll recognize them if you say them.
0: Okay, so she took me to. There's like E Mart. Um, there's like a place called Home Plus. Um, homeplus sounds vaguely like familiar okay yeah it's kind of like target um anyway so she takes me to to homeplus yeah and um literally like you know i'm like thinking like i have money like i can pay for this stuff and she's like no, no no you you absolutely can't like we wanted to like you know make sure that we got you some stuff to you know get set up at your apartment and so like literally like um they live in seoul and i live in incheon like we went yep. to homeplus we bought all this stuff and then they drove it all the way back to my apartment and like Wow. And it helped me unpack it. It was super nice of them. So that's like the first ex- like the first experience I remember of like moving there to work. but um, I think like one of the most memorable experiences with my family in Korea was um, going hiking with them. Oh interesting. And so um, one of the big uh, mountain ranges is like the is Soraksan. And so it's like a big mountain in in um, the east coast of Korea. Sure. And um, I remember we like got really, really, really high up. And um, so like we're going with my aunt, um, my uncle, and my cousin who's like at that time he was probably – must have been like eight or nine. So he's still pretty young. So we're like going up the mountain. We're sort of hiking on our own. And then there's a part where it's like, you know, it's like really rocky, a little bit more dangerous. Like you have to like, you know, hold the railing and all. Like, oh, and God. go up with a guide and everybody like, you know, like a, as a group. And so, like my aunt and my, and like her son, she's like, no, "No, no, we shouldn't be going." And so I w- go up with my uncle, um, and we go all the way up there, and we're like on the top of this like rock. And I remember like looking over the edge, and like, you know, there's like like little trees like jutting out from the rock, and then it's just like clouds. Oh my god! And I was like, oh my gosh! Like I'm just like like looking off off of the like down into the clouds, like into an abyss. Like I can't see ground below me. And I was just like, wait, so you
1: guys were like on level with some of the clouds. That's how high up you were.
0: It might, it might've been a foggy day, Bennett. Like we're not that high. (laughs) No, no, no. Don't sell yourself shirt. You went all the way to the clouds. (laughs) But but it was, it was like, it was like a very surreal experience Yeah, yeah, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I'm really high up here. Like this is kind of dangerous. But I remember like me and my uncle just like felt like really like accomplished like we got like all the way up these like jagged rocky stairs and all these things we climbed all the way up there by ourselves and uh i honestly don't have a picture of like like looking down but i still like remember like what that looked like yeah 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 um are you good with heights were you pretty freaked out to go up there no no I, i was fine with it like i think um even like looking down like and like seeing that i was like oh this is this is just really cool so i wasn't like freaked out at all but i think it was just like a very cool Mountain hiking experience that I still remember. Um, yeah, I haven't gone back to that mountain yet, but um, I would love to. And there's also other mountains there you can hike. Um, honestly, one thing that I will definitely say for all of our listeners that have not been to Korea, it's a hiker's paradise. Mm-hmm. So if you do like hiking, you should go there. Lots of mountains. Lots the mountains of- were overwhelming. I yeah, that
1: was something that I was not expecting. It's yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So you said that was kind of like on the east. East is it like the east coast of Korea? Because that would be pretty far from Seoul, wouldn't it? Did you guys um, like drive out there just for the sake of uh, hiking that mountain? Or Were you guys yeah, maybe just in we the area doing driven, something else?
0: Like, must have done. Like, we must have driven like at least like three three hours east. That sounds right on the highway. And we so it's like a coastal town, and we stayed at a hotel there. And then you know the mountain, the national park is right there. It was super fun, but that's like—I feel like that's like my most memorable experience. And then, um, have you ever been to Busan?
1: No, I was going to ask you that. I actually, funny enough, my grandma says that I should go there. She says it all the time. Um, No, I haven't. I in my in my dreams, I have this trip planned where I go to Jeju Island, and then on the way back up to Seoul, I make a pit stop at Busan and do some stuff in Busan. But no, I have not been there. That's a good one.
0: That's 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 honestly like I feel like those are the three you have to do Jeju you have to do Busan and you you should get some hiking in there for sure but Jeju and Busan are must if you go to Korea obviously you land in Seoul anyway yeah 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 but um so I think Busan is like really memorable for me because like I that was like where we do we would do like our weekend trips like like our coworkers sure so like um, when we had like a you know like a couple days off from work. Would, like we took the train down as like a group of um yeah just like a group of coworkers. and, and how long we, would that
1: take to get down to busan
0: on the bullet trains it takes two hours that is amazing <laughs> it's really fun that's amazing um, it's, uh, it's pretty good the the trains there are um pretty fast and you don't have that many stops so yeah it takes about two and a half hours usually it's not too bad that's way less than i would have thought yeah yeah you get down there and so we would say like you know like you know like these cheap hostels or like you know cheap motels or whatever and um yeah like i had one really good hiking experience in the mountains in busan where like okay. one of my coworkers and i like we went all the way around this mountain and we found like one of those like buddhist temples like hidden away on like one of those ledges cool um yeah, you know what? Now that like we're like getting into the Korea experiences, like I should definitely like share out these pictures on on social media with you guys when we um, release the pod. But that was just incredible. Like it took us all day to find that, but we both of us, like me and Travis, like we just thought, yeah, this is an amazing experience. So cool. That is really cool. Yeah, you
1: should definitely post some of those pictures. I know you sent me some from. I'm assuming it was from your foreign. Um exchange program because it was that stadium tour that you took. That was super sweet. It had all those cool kind of like world cup um, memorabilia and stuff. Um, Yeah. I, I like hearing about those kind of stories too, because, you know, like I said, I've only been there once for a couple weeks. So I really got to try and like stretch um, those experiences until I can go there again. Um, And it's funny that you mentioned Busan. I, I'm not, um, I'm not saying this, just to be coincidental but i really was thinking about asking about busan too because that is definitely a city that i've heard a lot about and i want to learn more about um and also okay i had a question about the grocery store too or i don't know if it was a grocery store you said there was what was the first one you said it had a letter and then mart in it because i know there's h mart in the states oh e-mart e-mart yeah is that the same thing as h-mart is it like a grocery yeah. store That's funny. So it's
0: just like, yeah, it's it's like a grocery store. Um,
1: Do they have H Mart too then? Whoa,
0: this is really cool. They don't have H Mart. Weird. Yeah. That's, that's the, that's the American company. Weird. Um, Okay. So if you like get into like, you know, the conglomerates and, you know, like the big multinational companies in Korea, um, you know, there's Lotte. Yeah. Um, There's this company called Shinsegae. And, um, and then the, and then, Home Plus is not owned by a Korean company. I don't think so anymore. I okay. think it's British Tesco. Um, I see. That owns them now. I see. But anyway, um, yeah, so Lotte Mart is Lotte's, like, Target slash, um, like Target slash grocery store hybrid. Saw a lot and of Lotte then, stuff, yeah. Um, yeah, E-Mart is uh, Shinsegae's, like, yeah, they have everything. It's like a Target or, like, a Walmart type of thing. Right. And grocery as well. So, yeah, like... It's just, you know, they're they're pretty big. Um most like cities have like a couple, and you're sort of like I would take the bus to to the um, E Mart close by my apartment and you come back with your groceries slash whatever you bought in boxes instead of bags. Oh, that's nice. A little bit more secure. Kind of, it's 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 super cool. Yeah. Um instead of bags. Um so Korea is really interesting. You have to like Recycling and all of that stuff is like really um, regulated. So you have to have a certain type of bag to like take out your recycling and take out your trash. And so they also don't give out like they don't give out plastic bags at the store. And so instead of that, you bring your own bags or there's a boxing station. Weird. And so they literally just have like it's 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 wild. Weird. Um, literally, it's just old boxes from like, let's say like you, you could just like bring home a box that says like um, pears or like, you know, like milk right, or whatever. Right. It's like a big box that, like, that came to the store and they just put that in a boxing area and you put your groceries in there and then you like tape it up and then you take it home with you. It's the American equivalent so cool. I can think
1: of is like is like Costco I think if I can think of an American equivalent where yeah, they just kind of use like recycle boxes. It really yeah.
0: does, but you like everyone's there and they have like this, the tape machines and everything, and so you just like box your stuff up. It's, is it it's like a self serve so much...
1: thing or are people other
0: are workers? Yeah, yeah there? no, no, there's no baggers. Oh, so there's you just go in there no and do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> so like there's cashiers, absolutely no baggers. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's a just it's an interesting Korean thing. I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, yeah, I mean, there's definitely people stocking the stores all the time, sure, but sure. like baggers as a job is is unheard of. That's so funny. Yeah, the, I mean, the grocery stores that I
1: went to, I mean, that's a trip in itself. I mean, um, some of the selections are like, I never even envisioned there would be 30 different kinds of kimchi. I didn't realize there'd be three different aisles for it. Um, that's cool, though. I I, I like that. Um, yeah. Or I'm trying to thank... Or there'd be like a guy with like a megaphone and he'd be like yelling out kinds of fish that he was selling and this is like in the middle of the produce section. He's got like yes. a megaphone like he's doing a TED talk <laughs> yes. but he's just selling like
0: salmon. Yeah. Thought that was funny. No, th- this guy like that is the that is the like I feel like that's the MVP of the um the grocery store like you oh, got to work hard for that job. Undoubtedly undoubtedly like he's talking fast like he's telling you all the sales that he's got going and he's like describing his fish
1: oh he's and very he's charismatic you where
0: it's caught yeah yeah very charismatic
1: yeah he's, charismatic. Good. Yeah. he's yeah. real good yeah yeah you don't i, I don't think that's... i ever bought anything from ben, <laughs> no, did I. he's good yeah he's good that's an upgrade from cashier you got to work up from cashier to get to that gig you got to work for that mic. um yeah yeah anyway i digress um Michael, you want to wrap? Um, is there anything else that you had lingering? I really like this conversation, and um, I want to do more of these because I like learning about this stuff. I like learning about the weird baggage system at grocery stores or um, the mountains that you climbed on the east side of Korea. I like learning about that kind of stuff. So is there anything else you want to touch before we go here? Um, I didn't have anything else on the docket
0: or the running order that you graciously put together. I feel like we got we got some – like good stuff for for future episodes i feel like we should maybe do like um what our thoughts of like listening to to k-pop or like watching korean dramas are because of like you know how we're brought up or like how we respond to korean movies sure i mean that would be really fun to do I don't have anything lingering like from what we talked about other than just like now I'm just like going back to my local grocery store and just like remembering it. <laughs> Rem- reminiscing. Yeah. 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 yeah did, maybe. Did he like, did, did your guy like, did, was he like walking around with a microphone? Or oh, was yeah. He, like, oh, yeah. He, he was mobile. He had, like a pedestal. He yeah, was he, mobile. He was mobile at mine too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. was mobile.
1: Which is weird because remember his microphone being on a headset that was wired. It must have been the longest wire of all time because I feel like he was going everywhere around that store um yeah that guy was good yeah yeah
0: it's funny we're thinking of two different yeah. people
1: but they in I her heads are probably the same person
0: yeah no it, it's a, it's a role i think like every every korean grocery store like has that guy yeah um sometimes also there was there was a woman that so the guy was usually doing like um seafood at my grocery store locally mm-hmm. and then um usually the woman was talking about like usually like vegetables or like um different deals on different aisles interesting okay yeah so there I, was, there I was might two have of a, them i might have a blind spot
1: for the woman selling the vegetables but um i know the seafood guy is definitely something that i remember very vividly um i think of the woman okay, as okay. like there's
0: there's one more thing yeah yeah yeah. okay um what do you know the convenience stores do you i don't like 7-eleven stores in korea I don't know any of the Korean ones now. What about like CU? What about like CU or like... Uh, man, there's a couple of them. Can you name another one maybe if you know? So I just think that like uh, CU... Oh, no. I mean, there's a lot of 7 to be honest. And then I think CU is the one that I used to go to a lot because they have their like own proprietary brands.
1: I envision a lot um, of very... Uh, it's, it's a higher-end convenience store experience than we're going to get in the states that's what kind of i envision and i think really what i is. remember it yeah really is
0: um more automated not necessarily automated technically but what i remember was the drink selection was always really good oh okay lots yeah. of different sodas it's just okay. a lot of different like soft drinks like some oh, kind of milk-based yeah. drinks, a lot of milk-based flavored drinks. Uh, yeah, no, they, they love their milk-based drinks there in Korea. Um, yeah, so that that's actually the thing that I miss the most. Um, there are like a couple drinks that when I go back to Korea, I just hit up the, the convenience store and just get those. Interesting, um, yeah. Honestly, yeah. like H-Mart in the, in the States just doesn't have it. It's not the same. See, it's... <laughs>
1: I'm so jealous because you get H-Mart in Chicago. I don't have H-Mart in Wisconsin. I have like a local couple Korean grocery stores in Madison. There's like two of them that I go to. They're not that big. They don't have the biggest selection. Um, And it usually ends up being pretty expensive because it's probably hard to get that kind of stock in. So to me, H-Mart is like a huge selection. So when you're saying that the convenience stores in Korea are like an upgrade on H-Mart, it's like it makes my mouth salivate to like the options of what you could get.
0: Yeah, I just like so. There was there was a couple. Um, so the one in the in the subway station, like near my house, like it was just always like a, a tradition for me. Like I would stop there, like when I'm going to the city, um, and I would just yeah, I would just uh just uh, sort of check out what they had in the in the coolers, whether it was um, man, there's this like uh, would you go to Street Fenders? Kind of like a oh boy. Uh, wow, we're we're really going down a lot of um, memory lane. Did I right open here. up a can of worms for you? Uh, well, I, I do have something that I, I like—a specific street food that I, I'm wondering if you've had this. But um, before I before I forget my train of thought, like um, you know, like vitamin water. Yes, in the states. Yes. So there is like something similar in Korea that's like I just think it tastes better. It's like um, yeah, it's like a lemon water. They've got like a. Of grapefruit water flavor as well it's so good but i just can never find it in the states but i always get that when i get back there um there's this like german imported um like sparkling ish type of water that i also get there it's just i don't know it's just soft i'm a big sparkling water just, guy yep yes yeah, soft drinks there are good yeah i remember that but um in terms of street food do you like sunde? what is sunde? Like the sausages the blood sausages
1: I've had blood sausages. I don't know if I've had Korean blood sausages.
0: Oh man. So these are good. It's like a it's it's a traditional like street food staple. Um and it has like the um like the japchae noodles in it. Like Oh little, nice. Like, yeah, yeah, the glass noodles. noodles yeah. In... yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then like, you know, obviously like it's uh, you know, like it's a it's a typical blood sausage, but I just think it's so good. That and, sounds um, amazing. I, I love japchae. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I, uh, so yeah, that's like my
0: favorite street food, I would say. That and, um, oh man, uh duck, which is like the pancake that has like the, the syrup inside. Have you had that one?
1: I've seen them. I don't think I physically had it, but I know which ones you're talking about. Yeah. They're like, aren't they really puffy? Yeah. Or are they
0: yeah, pretty they're flat? Kind of they're puffy, they're yeah. pretty puffy, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're chewy. Yeah. And they yeah, have yeah. like a little bit of like cinnamon syrup in the middle and it like right. oozes out a bit. Those are right. really good. Yeah, I... Unfortunately, Honestly, I feel like the Dif- Different Stripe podcast is going to go to Korea together. <laughs> we have to. We have to set that really up. Fun for us. I've
1: been meaning to do it. Uh, my Harmony keeps saying that if I want to go again, she might be able to help subsidize my trip again, which would be awesome. Not that I can't oh, do it myself, but if she's going to offer... Um, yeah, actually, I was just going to say one last yeah. thing before we go. I, I feel like the street food is something that I can't take full advantage of because I have a number of food allergies, so when I go to those street vendors, I got to be really careful about what I get. I got a seafood allergy. So um, a lot of that stuff I kind of got to avoid, which is a real bummer because I would eat everything inside if I could. Um, but I got to be pretty careful about what I get. So that kind of limits what, what I can do, which kind of sucks. But um, yeah, I if I could do more of the street food, I definitely would. It's
0: just kind of limit, limiting. I think honestly, like we would be like good travel partners because i'm not a big seafood guy so i think like knock that Then you know, great we can definitely work around that um allergy um did you go to Myeongdong at like you know like central central um seoul like Myeongdong area i feel like the 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 church you were men- mentioning is sort of near there
1: i remember taking a pretty lengthy train to get to that church um so i don't know if i spent a oh, lot okay. of time well, in that area yeah um
0: mm. Why? What was that's your train- central Seoul? So maybe not. What was your train of thought with that? So that's like one of the, like the tr- the trendy area of so like with a lot of shopping. But there's like it's just like a, a street food mecca. There's like just like it's very like wide open streets, no cars on them, and they'll just be like vendors after vendors after vendors with different types of street food. So that place you can find some good stuff.
1: Right. I'm trying to think. Um, I remember I went to a place where the, the streets were very narrow and there was a bunch of um, department stores and food. You know what I remember seeing, actually? I remember seeing... You know that tower that is always kind of overseeing an Itaewon class? It kind of illuminates Yeah, yeah, at yeah, yeah, night. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 Okay, okay, okay. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And I
1: would look up and I would always see that yeah, tower yeah, yeah. at this spe- specific area with all these shops and food vendors. And I recognized it immediately in Itaewon class. Um I'm very bad with the names. Mm-hmm. I think I'd have to get back to you on trying to figure out where exactly I was, but,
0: um, yeah, just thinking out loud. That's Namsan tower. And, uh, that's what it is. No, that's okay. Namsan tower. And that's really cool. I thought yes. that that was like a really cool, like logo for to on class to do for sure. me too. Yeah. Because that's like literally like right near there. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was really cool too. Yeah. Um, anyway,
1: uh, yeah, I like your ideas about what we could do in the future. Um, you know, this is still very much kind of in the embryo stage of this podcast, but I like, I think that's kind of what my goal is. I think when we talked about when we got off air for the first episode, is that, you know, I don't want to front as being some kind of expert on these topics. As I, I, I very am fearful of coming off as like pretentious about this stuff. Um, I don't have a lot of knowledge about this kind of stuff, but I like learning about it. So, worst case scenario, if this is like a platform for me to kind of learn some stuff about, Uh, Korea that would be an awesome place for me but um, yeah we'll have to get Kevin back on too of course Um, maybe talk some soccer too but um, if you don't have any other final thoughts Michael I think we can we can sign off here if that's okay with you
0: honestly like uh, a episode with Kevin of if he's uh, been to Korea and like watch soccer in Korea I would love to talk oh that's a good one with regards to that because like yeah, like going to K-League K- matches was was pretty fun for me, but I think for now you're right. Um, honestly, like, yeah, we should wrap it up and um, just thank everyone for listening for sure.
1: Yes, thank you for listening. Shout out again to Esther for the logo. Looks great. Thank you for that. Um, uh, you know, I know she had a couple other mock-ups, but I think I had some big sits in those photos that I sent, so I didn't like the other ones. So the one she landed on <laughs> is uh, really nice. So uh, thank you for that again. Okay, Different Strikes Podcast, Episode 2. Thank you, Michael, the Godfather, and um, we will talk to you guys next time. See ya.